This is Film Focus with Emily Cook. Welcome to the ninth episode of Film Focus. In this episode, I'll be joined by my co-host Sarah and we'll discuss new release David Brent, Life on the Road, as well as the 1986 classic Labyrinth, starring David Bowie. Our special guests joining us a little later are the team of fabulous people behind the Isle of Man Film Festival, which is taking place in a few days. We'll chat with them about what we can expect from this year's jam-packed and exciting festival. Sarah and I will also discuss the times when length does matter as we delve into our top five favourite short films. I'm joined once again by our resident film fan Sarah, who watches at least seven feature films a week. She'll be updating us on her 500 film challenge a little later. Hello Sarah. Hi Emily, you're looking very well, may oh, I say. <laughs> I've just got back from Italy. so Lovely. Yes. And off the Isle of Man in a few days for the festival. Let's take a look at our featured films this week. Hello, I'm David Brent. You probably know me as the star of the documentary The Office. I'm currently a singer-songwriter. David Brent, Life on the Road is a British mockumentary comedy written, directed and produced by comedian Ricky Gervais and released by Entertainment One and BBC Films. The film stars Gervais as David Brent, the character he played in the popular BBC television comedy series The Office. We follow the story of Brent as his documentary film crew as he travels up and down the country living his dream of becoming a rock star. What did you make of it, Sarah? Well, it's been such a long time since I last saw The Office. I have to admit, when I saw they were doing a feature film, I kind of thought perhaps it would be a little bit samey, mm. the time's passed for that to be funny. I really liked the change of direction, and I really like that they gave you a bit of a picture of where he'd been in between. Mm -hmm. It was quite nicely rounded, and also in a similar way to Abfab, but even more so, I thought the dialogue was really quite emotive in places. You've got someone that's a bit of a caricature, and they're were some parts where I actually thought it was a bit near the mark, cringeworthy. Yeah. I felt quite uncomfortable watching it. Yeah, but and not necessarily I, in a good way. No, I, I think though that's kind of, it's really pushing those boundaries, mm. but at the same time it's clever because it balances out all of that inappropriate behaviour with, I think, someone who is in essence someone with a heart of gold. They they just want to be liked and there were parts of it that really just broke my heart watching it. Yeah, I did think that it had some genuinely funny moments. I mean, some of them, like you just said, were very close to the bone and a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I think he gets away with most of them because there's some form of comeuppance later on. There's some payback that happens. Mm. Um, however, there are one or two places where that didn't happen. Overall, it was really well executed. It's always fun to watch a mockumentary because you get to see real life portrayed for you in a comedic way. Released in 1986, Labyrinth is an adventure musical fantasy film considered somewhat of a cult classic. Directed by Jim Henson, executive produced by George Lucas and based upon conceptual designs by Brian Froud, the film revolves around 15-year-old Sarah's request to reach the centre of an enormous otherworldly maze to rescue her infant brother Toby, who has been kidnapped from Jareth Goblin King, played by David Bowie. With the exception of Bowie and Connolly, most of the significant characters in the film are actually puppets produced by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. You might uh, recall his style from other films like The Muppets. I personally love this film and I have a funny feeling that Sarah over there does too. Oh, I think it's one of my favourite movies of all time, genuinely. Um, I watched it with my family, especially my sister, many, many times and it holds a lot of really great memories for me. Everything I've done, I've done for you. 
The soundtrack is, is obviously awesome. David Bowie just outdoes himself on it. Um, and I honestly think I see something new every time I see it. I have seen it probably nigh on a hundred times, but every single time there'll be a little something that I've either, either forgotten yeah. or that is new to me, mm -hmm. just from, yeah, I don't know how it works, just because there's so much going on. Yeah. It's so there's so much going on in the screen, it's really, really dense. And that's one of the things about Jim Henson's films. They are just so creative and they don't rely on the CGI of films today. There's something kind of very raw and and brilliant about that, isn't there? So the craftsmanship that goes into creating them. I know, I the mean, detail is It's astonishing incredible. as yeah. well, 1986. What a great year for films. Amazingly, the film is actually screening at the Isle of Man Film Festival in September at a special outdoor screening at Castle Russian. I hope lots of people go and dress up. Yeah, well, Is it encouraged? <laughs> dressing up is encouraged, and you should see some of the costumes of some of the festival um, organisers. There's something to behold. <laughs> Here at Film Focus, we love to speak with special individuals from the world of film and television, and this episode is no exception. This week we're focusing on the fabulous people behind the Isle of Man Film Festival, who I've worked with now for four years. I caught up with the festival directors Dave Armstrong, Chrissy Dehaven and Zoe Guilford, as well as programmer Richard Hurd and coordinator Laura Gill a few days ago in the Isle of Man to find out what we can expect from this year's film festival, and what it is that makes the Isle of Man Film Festival so special. I'm Zoe Guilford and I'm one of the directors of the Isle of Man Film Festival. Um, I'm also guest liaison. Um, I've worked on the film festival alongside Christian Dave since 2012. I'm Dave Armstrong and I'm co-founder and a director of the film festival. And this is the fifth year fifth magnificent year of the Alaman Film Festival. I'm Christy Dehaven, I'm one of the founders of the film festival alongside David Armstrong and we originally started the film festival because we were involved in um, making short films on the island and training crew for short films on the island but what we realised in doing so was there wasn't really anywhere for them to be shown afterwards. So we thought, well, we'll, we'll sort of expand on the idea of a, a film festival that already did, did exist. So we sort of took that idea and ran with it. And so this year, what can people expect as a whole from the festival? We've always been a short film festival. However, we have tried to make ourselves special by running events and workshops for the last couple of years. And these events have just got bigger and they're rolling now and we have an expectation. Um, for instance, we had Sir John Hurt last year and that was great for us because it, it gave us our first properly commercial guest, mm -hmm. who people who, again, do not have a massive amount of interest in independent film can look at him and think, wow, what a legend. We'll go and hear about his life. Look, if you treat the people as well as you treated me, <laughs> you'll get anybody you want here. This year we're really lucky to have a partnership with the BFI, we've got an amazing contact there and we're going to have an exclusive event on the Saturday which will be um, a really great link up with them and really bring the festival overall a lot of credibility. And of course um, you've got Pinewood involved again this year. Pinewood Pictures have been a great partner and it's, it adds such a great deal to the film festival to have an internationally respected company like Pinewood Pictures involved. It just adds a sort of degree of glamour Absolutely. to our festival. Absolutely. We've got some great awards. Uh, Best of the Fest is decided by our patron, Mark Kermode. He's going from strength to strength, incidentally. Uh, I was really pleased to be back here again. Uh, met Roger Dean, which was a really big thrill for me because he's you know, a fabulous artist and it was really nice to spend time with him. And it's quite an honour, really, to have Mark present and judging these films. Yeah, it's a really unique situation that the filmmakers find themselves in. They are showing their films at a film festival but then they have this really great film critic who can instantly give them feedback mm. on the films that they've created. It's a great thing for, for 
our local population to be able to say we have a film festival and we have local films that we show here and also now international films that are being shown here on the Isle of Man. It's just a great feeling as a filmmaker. I think that's what really excites me. I loathe large film festivals. I hate Cannes. If it was closed down tomorrow, I'd be thrilled because it's not to do with cinema. It's not to do with no. films. It's to do with paparazzi and carpets and selling. And in uh, small festivals, it's actually to do with people, genuine people who genuinely love films yeah. and genuinely love cinema. So there are quite a few festivals around the yeah. world. What makes the Isle of Man Film Festival that bit special? Because it really is, it's a very magical time of mm. the year here. I feel like our unique selling point is definitely that we are the friendly festival. We are very um, welcoming to our visitors. It's keeping that small town feeling, but being commercial and something that people want to enter their films into because we are we're getting some recognition as a, you know, a, a really strong festival in the circuit. We've been fortunate enough to visit a few film festivals around the world, both as participants and just as visitors. But what I think is really special about the Alman Film Festival, that personal touch, mm. even though the film festival is growing, Mark Kermode is so welcoming, so open. He's just a great ambassador for our film festival. And he's a great guest to have around. I think one of the reasons the Alman Film Festival is perhaps a little bit different than the other festivals is because of its core roots, the fact that it's been created by people who are filmmakers and producers themselves. So maybe we have a slightly different understanding than some of the other film festivals. And also, by the very nature of it being on an island, the community that gets behind it. I think that the support has been fantastic over the years as well, but I think just that island feel just makes it a little bit different. I think that really shines through through the festival. Mm. Thank you. We are excited to um, provide the audience this year with just some great events, whether that be screenings or wonderful short films or great guests to learn from or workshops or you know tours of the island. We hope that um, people will come and visit us, bring their films, bring their friends and family and just um, yeah, have a great time with us on the Isle of Man in September. Thank you so much, all of you, for speaking to us about the Isle of Man Film Festival. I'm sure everybody listening uh, will really try and get over to the festival this year. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. What a great bunch of people. It must be so exciting to work with them. It is so um, incredible. And it's fantastic as well having Mark Kermo there as our patron. It's a, it's a great coup. I can't wait for the festival. And now onto our film theme this week. As we've been speaking about the Isle of Man Film Festival, we thought it would be apt to talk about the genre of short film. Films come in all shapes and sizes, and many filmmakers' first experiences in the cinematic arena are through the medium of short films. Short films provide in many cases a more free and creative experience for the filmmaker. They don't have the same restrictions as feature films and they allow more experimentation. Having worked on several short films and at the Isle of Man Film Festival, I've been a lover of short films for several years. For those of you who are new to the concept, here are five of our favourite short films. Snuggle in, nice and warm. Now remember, it's a scary world out there. The first one I've chosen is an animation called Accidents, Blunders and Calamities from filmmaker James Cunningham. With a running time of five minutes, the film tells the story of a father possum reading a bedtime story with the visuals we experience illustrating the story that he's reading. The film is inspired by Edward Gorey's classic fairy tales. It's a black comedy for all ages and is a hilarious and brutal alphabet of death and mayhem exacted upon animals by ignorant humans. 30 CGI animals were meticulously created and killed by a team of 44 students at the Media Design School. 
I saw this one actually, you recommended it highly. Why did you select this film? I thought it was super cute. Um, the film was incredibly creative and the creatures constructed using CGI animation were beautifully created. I actually initially thought the main narration was Liam Neeson, um, but after researching realised it was Philip Greaves. He did sound like him, he yeah. sounded very, very similar. It's a great introduction to short films as it's not only beautiful to watch, but there's a concise concept and a black comedy element which appeals to many. You can find the film by searching on Vimeo for accident, blunders and calamities. So what's number two on the list? The first film I chose was The Blue Umbrella, which is a 2013 computer animated short film produced by Pixar Animated Studios that was released alongside Monsters University. The short featured new techniques in photorealistic lighting, shading and compositing and is about two different coloured umbrellas who meet and fall eternally in love during a rainy day in a busy metropolis. Classic love story there. Why would you recommend this to people? I just found it, it to be so completely charming and romantic. I'm a really huge fan of Pixar shorts anyway and this one stood out to me because the style of animation is just really kind of pretty and the location as well, it reminded me of my time in Japan. There's something quite yeah, Japanese that about it. absolutely is, yeah. Um, I think a special mention I would feel bad if I didn't has to be made of Pixar's lava as well. Um, mm -hmm. That's about two volcanoes that fall in love, so similar theme. And it wasn't too long ago, actually, that in every single cinema nationwide, um, you could find short films screened before the main feature at a cinema. Um, doesn't happen that much, but it happens at a few. I think it's a real shame it doesn't happen more often. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm lucky in that I do still get them, but I know the smaller cinemas certainly don't get that um, that treatment. So it, it is a shame. I think you know short films definitely should be championed. So what's the third one on our list? Running at five minutes, Anigar is a high production value film created as a companion piece for the 2013 Warner Brothers film Gravity, which starred George and Anne Hathaway. Mm -hmm. Set in icy Greenland, the film shows us what happens at the other end of Dr. Ryan, Anne Hathaway's distress call from space to Earth, depicted only from one side in gravity. The film was shot guerrilla style and with a budget of approximately £75,000. I was really not keen on gravity. I know that's going to be unpopular with a lot of listeners. Um, so why did you recommend this film? What, did, what drew you to it? I love the concept of the film and I really like the way that after seeing Gravity, if people watch Anigar, they feel that they're discovering a, an added gem. So they're enriching their experience of watching Gravity by this kind of discovery. that other people, they know other people won't have seen it. So they feel that there's some kind of special real world connection that they're having. It also opens up the film world, the universe presented in Gravity. It opens that up to say, oh, this film is bigger than just a feature film. It's actually this all-encompassing uh, experience with offshoot off moments that you can pick up at a later date. I really enjoy that idea and I think more films could and should do it. It's such a compelling piece of drama and the character depiction and stunning cinematography work so well that you wouldn't actually need to see Gravity at Works as a standalone film. Although both characters are separated by space and language barriers, they both experience strong emotional dilemmas simultaneously, which portrays how beautiful the nature of humanity can be. I think it's well worth a watch, especially if you've seen Gravity. So what's number four on our recommended short film list? The other film I chose was made in 2012, 
webcam is based on actual events and was shot entirely on a computer's webcam. The filmmakers hoped that it would make people think more about the technology that we use every day and the effects it can have on all of us. That sounds fascinating. I really want to watch that. I haven't actually seen it. Um, why did you select the film? I actually watched and very much enjoyed the feature film that was made off of the back of this due to quite a lot of success on, on the internet um, called Rata. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked the questions both films were asking of the audience about how secure our technology really is and found the concept to be truly frightening. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, can you imagine someone spying on you through your iPhone or through your laptop or through your IPTV using your camera yeah. to stalk you? Yeah. And because we have this sort of technology with us every single day, you know, you're sitting there working, someone could be just looking at you for Absolutely. hours and hours and you wouldn't know. But, but you never know. You never it could know. be anybody doing it at any time. And I have to say, it just, it chilled me to the bone thinking about that topic. <laughs> it sounds like a really cool concept. And what's the final film on our list? The final film we have on our top five short films is Er und Sie, um, which is in German, which means he and she, and it has a running time of 16 minutes. It tells the story of Thomas, who's on his way to a life that includes only himself and his girlfriend. But when she breaks up with him, the dream goes up in smoke. He meets Anne-Marie at a desolate service station. As he tells the quirky old woman about his failed relationship, he comes to realise that whatever happens, however dark and horrible things seem, there's always reasons to jump into life with both feet. That sounds like a really positive one to watch, actually. Um, why would you recommend this film particularly? Well, we screened this film as part of the Future Shorts programme at the Isle of Man Film Festival uh, last year. And what amazed me was that the film is all shot, 16 minutes, it's one continuous shot. So the opening shot starts tracking a vehicle going along a motorway. So at that point, obviously the camera will be rigged on another vehicle. It then somehow goes into a car park, then in, follows the character into the service station, around the service station, out again, and then we end up back on the road. Wow, that's incredible. I, I don't quite don't know, know how, how they, they did, did it, it. <laughs> but they, will, they would have used lots of rigs, a few cranes, lots of camera operators, I imagine. It's a really quirky and uplifting story with really strong characterizations. Um, it has quite a few twists and turns. It's a really accessible introduction um, to foreign language films, if you want to go and look it up. If you've been intrigued by our list, please remember that there are film festivals across the UK year-round that champion short films. We're actually running a new Sunday short feature on our Facebook page. Um, if you look for Film Focus on Facebook, we're sharing on a Sunday a short film that we've really enjoyed. So if you'd like to check out the Facebook page, um, there may be a few interesting shorts going up there on Sundays. The Isle of Man Film Festival will be running its short film competition on Sunday the 11th of September and the competition will be judged by BBC film critic Mark Kermode. If you caught our previous episodes, you'll know that Sarah's on an exciting journey to watch over 500 films in a year. She's now just over halfway through and it's working out at an average of 1.3 films a day. Before we draw things to a close for this episode, Sarah, can you give us an update on your progress? What number are you up to? I know you've been incredibly busy and it's a hugely ambitious task. I, know, I knew it was when I suggested it. I'm actually ahead of my target at the moment really? and quite a lot ahead of my target at the moment. Yes, I've been at the cinema, I've been watching stuff at home, um, I've recently watched all of the films in The Grudge and The Ring 
um, franchise. You know, one of them eleven films, one of them eight films, wow. Japanese and and uh, and American. So yeah, it's it's been fascinating. Some of the things that I'm watching off the back of other films, off the back of different directors I'm liking. It's really exciting and, and I'm just, I'm loving it, I really am. Please take a look at my channel to find out what my latest favourites are. Absolutely, if you'd like to follow Sarah's progress, go to YouTube and search for Sarah 500 Film Challenge. There are so many reviews up there now to take <laughs> your pick from, so there'll be something for everyone. And you may even discover a film that you've never heard of. There's also a place to leave your comments and suggest films for her to watch. Yep, um, it's always great to hear from you, so please do keep your comments coming in. Thank you so much for joining us for the ninth episode of Film Focus. It's been great fun. Please check out the links in the audio and video description boxes for more from Film Focus. You'll be able to find blog posts on this episode on our site featuring related links, movie posters, trailers and a summary of our thoughts this week. There's also a space to leave your comments and have your say. We'd love to hear from you. Also, a little reminder that Film Focus is available in iTunes, so please do search for Film Focus on your podcast app. We'll be back soon with more from both Sarah and myself. See you then! So that's a wrap on this week's episode. If you'd like to discover more, find us on Facebook. Simply search for Film Focus. For screenings, reviews and filmmaking opportunities, right here in the Isle of Man. Thanks for listening to Film Focus with Emily Cook. Happy movie going. Happy movie going.